Welcome to Be With The Word. This is episode 79, and we are dealing with the Sunday readings from the 16th Sunday of Ordinary Time. All right, well, it's good to be back. I know I haven't put out a new show in the last few weeks. I've been really busy, actually, and uh, I've been working on a project uh, with Hallow, so I hope to have an update on that coming up. I've also launched a new community uh, with Souls and Hearts called Catholic Journeyman. And you can actually find out more at catholicjourneyman.com. You can also find out more on the Souls and Hearts website. But it's really a community for men, Catholic men, uh, or at least Catholic-friendly men. So if you're Eastern Orthodox or uh, becoming Catholic, this this would you'd still be welcome. But it's a community of Catholic men who want to work on their faith, grow in their faith, uh, uh, grow in their uh, relationships with others, develop uh, a brotherhood, uh, a support brotherhood to help them work through any life challenges, whatever they might be. Uh, it could be issues with depression or anxiety. It could be issues with addiction. It could be issues with scrupulosity or relationship challenges or discernment. So these issues that men struggle with, where we just wanted to create a community to come together, support each other, learn and grow. And it's uh, been going for uh, just two weeks, and we already have a nice cohort uh, of men already praying together, working together, talking together. So if you or someone you know is interested, uh, feel free to check out Catholic Journeyman. While I'm at it, I hope you'll also t- check out uh, Dr. Peter's podcast, uh, The Interior Therapist. Uh, he's doing some amazing work there and really exploring mult- many topics, uh, you know, from a parts perspective. And I uh, uh, hope you enjoy those too. All right. So be with the word. Oh, oh, oh. Also, I am planning to relaunch or to add some new episodes of Hear the Word. I've kind of put that on the back burner for quite a while, but I'm going to be introducing some, just some more meditations. So if you're looking for Catholic meditations, uh, sometimes there's simple readings like the, the, the Divine Office or uh, different prayers. I'm going to be posting those soon as well. All right, I'd like to get into this week's Be With The Word. All right, the readings this week are really interesting, and I'm going to focus a little bit on Ephesians more than the other readings. I might mention the other ones, but Ephesians really jumped out at me. And the theme here is finding true peace by um, noticing and giving up hatred or enmity, as it says in the readings. All right. So where do I come at from there? Okay, what I find fascinating with this passage is uh, in Ephesians is that St. Paul is, has been discussing, and he discusses quite a bit, the division between Gentiles and Jews, right? And we know that in the early church, that was a big issue. And just to put this in context, the Jews generally pretty much hated the Gentiles. I mean, if a Jewish person married a Gentile, the Jews would have a funeral for them. If a, if a Jew entered the house of a Gentile, he was now ritually impure. So there was a lot of hatred between Jew and Gentile. And even in the temple itself, when you entered the temple, there were these different courts that you would pass through the courts. And the first court was the court of the Gentiles, then the court of women, the court of the Hebrews, and then the court of the priests. So if you were a Gentile, you could only enter that first court. 
after that you couldn't go any further. So we could really see that there were walls up. There was a real barrier toward um, toward the Gentiles. Okay, so I just want to say all that so that you can really see how radical St. Paul's message is here. Because he says, In Christ Jesus, you who once were far off have become near by the blood of Christ. Now, a rabbi uh, would say someone became near when they converted to Judaism. Right? And so, here they're saying... Um, you're becoming near. In other words, you were far off, and now you're, you're, you're part of us. But he doesn't just say they become Jews. Because listen to this. He says, For he, that is Christ, is our peace. He who made both one. Now he says, Christ made G- Jews and Gentiles one. Which is really different than saying he made one the other. He made them one and broke down the dividing wall of enmity through his flesh, abolishing the law and the legal claims that he might create in himself, get this, one new person in place of the two, thus establishing peace. So it isn't Jew and it isn't Gentile anymore. It's something new, right? I think we've, we understand that as a Christian. Right, so he says, uh, thus establishing peace, and and might reconcile both to God, with God, in one body through the cross, putting that enmity to death. All right, such powerful words. I can't emphasize this enough, or at least how much it hit me, is the idea here that Christ is the one who creates something new in both of them. So his love, his death on the cross, his surrender, and his death brings with it um, a reconciliation with both parties who hate each other to each other as well as to God. Right. So he accomplishes that. He puts enmity or hatred or rancor, acrimony, whatever. He that hatred, he puts it to death, right? Uh, he came and preached peace to you who were far off, right? And peace to those who were near, so Jews and Gentiles. For through him, we both have access in one spirit to the Father. Such another important point, access to the Father. So now Jews and Gentiles both have access the circumcised and the uncircumcised. They both have access to the Father. Before this, the Gentiles had absolutely no access to the Father, right? According to the Jews. And and then and even the Jews had to go through a whole series of purity rituals to get close to the Father. Right? Those walls and barriers have been taken down. So this is a powerful message. Okay. I'd like to tie this in or connect this in some way with some psychological aspect, some way of applying this to our lives now. And here's what I've come up with. I think we all kind of have a dark side or a shadow. Carl Jung talks about a shadow, right? Uh, in parts language, we might say that we have a part that is holding on to something, um, maybe holding on to some hatred, 
right? We have a part that's angry toward someone else or others, right? And so my thought here is when you approach that part that is holding on to anger, you usually find that the reason that they're holding on to anger is because of an insecurity. So I feel insecure about something. And so in order to feel better about myself, I am going to be angry at someone else. Or I will try to control someone else, or I can just become my bitterness towards someone else helps distract me from my own insecurity. And I think we see this in the political world, like or in our, in our social sphere. In other words, if someone is perceived as a threat, maybe it's our boss, right, at work. Maybe they're unpredictable or their decisions are sometimes really difficult to take or they have they favor someone else or something like that. We, we the, Our boss becomes a focus of our hatred, our enmity, our bitterness, because it they are eliciting a feeling of insecurity within us. Sometimes when I've asked people, like, um, I, I have this little exercise I've sometimes done. It's a Virginia Satir exercise. She's a famous marriage and family therapist, and she asks people, you know, who are the three people you admire the most, right? And, and, they, and they come up with three uh, examples of people they really do admire. And what you find is the things that, that they admire most in people, like sometimes people will pick like John Paul II or they'll pick a Mother Teresa or they'll pick, um, you know, Martin Luther King Jr. or somebody. Um, and, the, and, and it'll be because, um, because there's something about those people they admire that, he, that they actually have within them. It inspires something within them. But then I also sometimes ask, who's someone you despise? <clears throat> could be anybody in history. It could be a political figure. It could be uh, a celebrity. It could be, um, try, try to keep it away from close family and friends. Just, but who comes to mind, right? And I get all kinds of answers when I ask this question. Um, I'll get people say Nancy Pelosi. I'll have people say Donald Trump. I'll, people sometimes will say, you know, Hitler or Stalin or, or, or something like for some reason, someone gets under our skin, right? Um, and, you know, I'm not making a judgment about any of those people, right? Well, I, I will about Hitler and Stalin, but <laughs> I'm not going to judge any, any current political person or, or church person or anything. But I'm going to invite you to just take a moment and think and answer the question, who gets under your skin? Who just brings up a spirit of hatred or enmity. Okay. So the truth is that when we, if we can identify such a person, maybe there's a few, but if we can identify such a person that is kind of taking up space within us, fueling some hatred, we can recognize that there's a part of us that is turning to that hatred or holding on to that burden of hatred because of a deeper insecurity, right? Some perceived threat to who we are or what we believe in or what we're interested in, what we'd like to see, 
hey, those might be good intentions. But if it feels threatened by this or that person, it's worth looking at for a moment and pausing. Really take a moment and say, okay, what would, what would St. Paul here have us do? He would have us go to the cross. He would have us go to the cross with that person and allow us to see whoever it is is loved by God. We're not saying anything about that person. Have they made bad decisions or bad choices? We're not saying anything about the eternal future of their the eternal state of their soul. We're not saying anything like that. We are allowing ourselves to see that God loves them and God loves us. And that in that love comes a kind of peace where I can let go of my hatred. I can let go of that because I don't have to hold, I don't have to manage an insecurity by myself. I can let Christ take care of my security. I can let Christ take care of the politics in the country. I can let Christ take care of the politics in the church. I can even let Christ take care of my workplace. I can let him take care of my family. What I can do is let go of hatred and live in a spirit of love and friendship with God. And it is through that friendship with God that I am able to love others, even some other people that might sometimes be difficult. That is transformative. That changes our heart. And that brings us a higher degree of peace because it's not up to us to solve the world's problems and it's not up to us to fix other people or to resolve that somehow because we can't. It really is outside of our control. It doesn't mean we, we don't you know, have our own opinions sometimes. It doesn't mean we don't take actions or vote or, or, or write letters or do what we can to make a difference in the world. But it means we're not carrying bitterness and enmity. And then the remarkable thing is, this is my belief anyhow, when we're able to encounter others with that truly being the state of our soul, then we will have an impact. Because people will see that love and that we have let go of hatred. And that will make a difference and that will be something people will want for themselves. Right? Because if we have an enemy of some kind or somebody that doesn't like us for some reason, they're holding on to hatred too. They need to do the same. We can't make that happen other than setting an example and living a life that is about peace. And so I'm going to then link it in just to tie this up with some of the other readings. You know, we see in the Gospel of Mark, I think that the best part of that, or not the best, I don't know, but the part that struck me anyway, is that he says, this is Christ, he says to the 
apostles, after they had done all this work with all these crowds, he says, come away by yourselves to a deserted place and rest a while. Come away by yourselves to a deserted place and rest a while. And that tells me that Jesus knows we need to sometimes be still. We need time away. Whether we're working in a ministry or just we have a busy family or whatever we're doing that's so busy, we need time away to rest. It's just essential. Christ does it. We need it too. And what a powerful message that is. And then I'm going to just tie this up with a psalm. Because, of course, the psalm is powerful. Um, it's, of course, the one we all, I think most of us know. But let's really hear it through the eyes of friendship with God. Right? And, you know, as a sheep, as we're all sheep, um, where we abandon ourselves to Christ. Because we know um, that as a sheep, if you don't have a shepherd, you are in danger. You're in danger of being lost. You're in danger of not having food. You're in danger of being eaten by wolves, right? So those are all states of insecurity, right? So when, But when we choose love, right, when we turn to the, to the good shepherd, to Christ, then all those insecurities can be comforted, right? And we are able to experience real peace. So the reading says, The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. And in verdant pastures, he gives me repose. Beside restful waters, he leads me. He refreshes my soul. He guides me in right paths for his namesake. Even though I walk in the dark valley, I fear no evil, for you are at my side. With your rod and your staff, they give me courage. You spread the table before me in the sight of my foes. You anoint my head with oil, and my cup overflows. Only goodness and kindness follow me all the days of my life, and I shall dwell in the house of the Lord for years to come. And that, my friends, is real peace. That is real peace. That is real surrender to him who loves and takes care of us. All right. That's all I've got for you today. I hope you enjoyed this episode. I hope that if you do, that you will like, and I hope that you will share, and I hope you will spread the word and tell people about uh, what we're what I'm doing here and be with the word and what we're doing with souls and hearts. Um, well, I didn't mention uh, at the beginning, too, uh, Resilient Catholics is another online community. Uh, for men and women, and uh, it's uh, Dr. Peter uh, hosts that, and uh, it's a real chance for healing and growth and working through trauma and learning about our parts, and such a great community. So uh, you have, uh, we're offering more and more all the time at Souls and Hearts, so I hope you'll check it out. All right, in the meantime, be still, believe, be loved. Take good care. <laughs>